you have to jump so you can see for yourself because if you listen to everything that your parents say, you ain't gonna, like you ain't gonna it could go. work, but at the same time, if it doesn't work, and then you look at them and say, well, I listen to everything y'all said, are you gonna keep taking care of me? Mm-hmm. No, that's on you, son. You're supposed to figure that out. So I'm not gonna listen to you because you're not gonna take care of me if I fall at this age. So I gotta at least fail with the option that I made. That's just different. Hopeless at one point and they have an opportunity make you go harder, make you get in that booth and just really express that hopelessness. Like, man, y'all don't understand. This is like, you know what I mean? You dig from a different place. That, that bottom of your soul, that pit, homie, where, yo, where, where you felt like the shit was, you, you know what I'm saying? You always wanted, but it looked like it was just not gonna happen. Shit, in your mind it ain't gonna happen. Shit, it probably won't. I took some risks, some people probably won't. That's how we're grateful for the fruits of all my labor. Hard to live and know you sick. I'd rather be with my creator. Think the time's up. I hit the stool and got my rhymes. Welcome up. back to another episode of Foreign Sight Podcast. This is your host, Mike Obi. And it's your boy, Leonard Overtree. What's up? It's Trey Garrett. What up, y'all? My guy. What's going down? Ah, good boy. What's up, my guy? What's up, man? How's everybody's week? Kind of getting repetitive. I'm about to change my answer. <laughs> um, what did I do this week? No, work's been busy this week. Um, same old, same old. About to go on vacation. Uh, head back home to the hometown. Go out to Detroit, see the family. Mm-hmm. Little family reunion. Do my little two step. That's really what I've been looking for the whole week. Just when Monday hit, I was okay. Thursday, I'm heading out, and then Fourth of July weekend. Everybody's kind of dead on the at work. I'm sure y'all probably gonna do something Fourth of July. Tuesday's gonna be terrible. Right. Why? Because well, work, well, at the same time with work, I'm just imagining oh. how work's gonna be. So I ain't doing nothing. I ain't got nothing planned. Not my, not my uncles and everything. Tell my barber come. I might, I might slide through. Couldn't give me a plate and get out. What's going on in your world, Doug? Oh man, this week has been a productive week. Work's been crazy. Rehearsals been going back and forth on that man. It's been great. And the show is coming July 15th. Can't wait to get this done because this is going to be a good production for sure. And then just trying to be productive and personal like dog. I'm finally healed up as y'all can kind of see last week. I was banged up just out of there, but now I'm good now. So not too bad. It's been a good week. Good. I'm back in that mode. You know, I had to get back to my old routine of just getting up and hitting the ground running, trying to work before the sun gets up. Uh, back in coaching, you know, my, my youngins back at camp, so we training them up to kind of get ready for the new season of football and track and all the rest of the sports. Uh, still trying to work on the business. Yeah, we haven't officially launched. It's, it's a pre, it's a pre-launch, but honestly, we are already selling product. And right now, we're just trying to finalize the website. We're trying to get some content going, uh, do some infield vlogs, and work on just the aesthetics of it all. But I mean, it's all going. People, you know, they, they, they're like, oh, you're on summer, you're teaching, and you're probably telling them, like, no, I'm more busy now than I was during the school year, but... Uh, you know, you got to squeeze everything, like, it's the time to focus on your business. And before you go, I want to talk about that, um, your, like, cologne, like, mm-hmm. I've had a lot of colognes in my time, mm-hmm. but that drive you gave me the other day, mm-hmm. like, I really want to say, like, you did. Bro, when I said I've been getting compliments about the Literally. secret and everything, all that stuff as well too, compliments like off the behind. So yeah. it's like now I'm about to get two um, two sellers on two clones. So it's like I was at work just asking a few of my coworkers because like I like the fresh, just subtle smell. Y'all know that. Mm-hmm. And 
I kept it. I was like, okay, so what I kind of like distinguish off of colognes is how long does it stay on me from the few squirts, like squirts I put on me. Mm-hmm. I only put on my wrist and I put on my neck. And then I just, y'all tell me not to do that, but I still haven't had to do that. <laughs> uh, but I was just at my desk, and I, it, it wasn't overbearing, mm-hmm. but just that hint of like, I felt, it just kept smelling that coat. And I'm like, oh, this is definitely one of the best clones I've ever smelled. And then one of my coworkers came over, I was like, y'all smell this? And, this shit is like, <laughs> and then it just, I was like, yeah, that's. And then Cat was like, I really want to tell Obi, like, he really did his thing. I was like, yeah, y'all, y'all did it. Sorry. Y'all go, y'all go buy that. I'm not even playing. It's, right. it's worth it. Man, we appreciate the support always, my brother. No, you know what I'm saying? You've been around since the beginning. Appreciate it, man. You know, being part of the project. I mean, it's a year, year in the making. People are asking me all the time about, man, are you excited, man? How are you feeling? You know, mm-hmm. you feeling happy? I'm like, man, look. This is awesome. But it's exhausting and I'm just trying to keep my eyes forward and keep on going. But I mean, it is rewarding. It is rewarding mm-hmm. and it's, it's a great feeling knowing that, you know, you had an idea, you had a thought and you were able to see the journey through. Most people don't must up the courage to even get started, let alone to see the journey through. You know, no matter how much money you make, especially in the beginning, you know, right now we're trying to get it. We're trying to get it walking and crawling and give it its legs so we can run it. So, mm-hmm. but, you know, it's a lot of upfront investment, but the thing is with every day, it's made me a better person. It's, help me grow, help me figure things out, help me learn how to network and how to approach and all these things. So just being able to bring something unique to the field, but nothing else. I don't have to say I was able to do this. I own something. It's mine, my whole blueprint. You right. know, so that that's that's the pride aspect in it for me. I've been wearing I've been wearing um a little heavy too at the same time. I'd be like secret and ambitions. I put ambition right here on my body and everything. I went to rehearsal recently and then they just and they and I, I was sitting down at one point, just sitting there, and then I moved around, and they said, and at the end of the rehearsal, they was like, what's that lingering smell? Like, that smells so good. And then, and they, they told me, come here real good. They smell me, it's like, that's you. That's that cologne <laughs> I was like, I was like, this is our cologne that we got. I know it's, uh, I, and then at the same time, that entire day, I didn't really re-spray either at the same time. Yeah. So that's like, what I was noticing. I'm yeah. like, oh, this is gonna go a long way. I'm you don't like, have to re-spray. Yeah, if you best. put that, like, it's gonna be harder to sell it, y'all are fresh off the ground. Y'all know the the trials and tribulations, but I was like, if you put this in Macy's, if you put this in Dillard's, and you didn't have no like, it, nobody can say the history about it, what's the sales about it, and somebody just sprayed it, I guarantee you that would be a, a high seller. But it's like you gotta just get that. It's you know how it is, it's word of mouth, yeah, or whatever. But the mouth. product as it is is. Fantastic. It looks beautiful too at the same yeah. time. And it's something, it's, it's different. It's a different feeling when it's yours. Like, yeah. it's like, you know, I have a big collection of all these different designers, different niches, but it's, it's different whenever it's like, hey, you smoke what you want? Oh, it's mine. Yeah. It's like, damn, that, 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 that hit a little that, different. If it, 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 it be feeling that, I'm like, it's, it's me and my homeboys and everything, bro. That's, that's why I say, I was like, I said, my homeboys come on, and they was like, huh? I was like, yeah. Yeah. You don't really see too many people saying, like, I'm going to start my own cologne. Business not at all. So that's that's why I was I'm gonna support and the fact that I saw you had all the boxes of uh, your products and everything. I was like, you, you did it. I remember you had the little roll-ons and yeah. the oils, <laughs> the oils. And, the oils. Was and those still have been hidden too. Yeah, yeah I still have the oils. Yeah, yeah. the oils. On, uh, I mean, it was one of those things. Like the oils was the the first project, and I still those hold a near and dear place, Mark, because that was what got me started, and it was honestly 
that's the part of the journey I remember the most because the first few were flops. Mm-hmm. Like that's where it's like, man, I could have quit and been like, man, f this and. You know, I'm like, nah, I don't really want to do it. But I was like, nah, keep on going. And as many times I took it to the gym, those first few batches, and people were like, nah, this ain't it. Or nah, I smell like ass. Like, I went through. It's like baby powder. Like, baby powder, <laughs> smell like some shit my grandma would wear, whatever. Laundry detergent. Like, all that you go through, but you learn, like, hey, you gotta keep going. You're new going. to this, you're not at, you're amateur at it. And then it was like, okay, then once I got good at that, it was like, oh, Dang, you already got this good this fast? Like, okay, yeah. you got some. Then it was like, yo, you sell this? And at the when, when when people were asking me, yo, do you sell it? I was like, oh, we got we got something. Got to make more production. We got, we got something, we got to make more production. And then I got obsessed with it. It was like, okay, now I really got to perfect the formula. Now I got to see, okay, how can I expand this out? And then that's where my mom, you know, being the great woman she is, she's like, hey, listen, stop putting all the stress on yourself get a manufacturer, work with them, you got the blueprint, and then yes. you can really be able to maximize the potential. So it was that of like, all right, bet. I get that, and then we white label it, and then that's where we get this other creation of, okay, now we got the design, now we're creating opportunities, now you can spend less time worried about the minor things and actually focus on the big picture. So being able to see all that, not being so hard-headed, was really was able to bring the journey full circle. Now we, we almost here. Man, congratulations. Appreciate that. Man, we got a great, great episode and conversation. Uh, this whole topic really kind of came honestly from some bullshit that happened a couple weeks ago. So I caught a flat uh, in my whip. Uh, I was driving to a little basketball thing and uh, caught a flat tire and I had to change it out. But it made me realize, it's like, man, luckily I know how to fix a tire. I know how to change out a tire. You know what I'm saying? And that's just a life lesson. It was one of the things my dad made me learn how to do. And I remember, like, when he would would make me come outside, he'd be like, look, you got to change all four of these tires just to check them. And I'm like, why? You know, when you're young, you'd be like, man, why do I have to do it and stuff like that? But then, now that you got this translatable skill now, like, man, I'm, I'm out of the house, I can't call nobody, gotta figure it out, nobody gonna pay money. So, it was that, like, remember, like, man, this is why Pops was telling me all these years, like, this is why we teach you to do this stuff, you know, how to change the tire, how to, you know, change oil, all that different stuff, so. Wait, tell me, did y'all have, like, the old school, the old school jack to where, like, it, it wasn't the one where you just, like, it can flop up, yeah. like, like that one? It, it was the one where it was like um like a diamond and you had to put a, yeah. find the spot and everything. Yeah, I hated spot, that yeah. jack with a passion, bro. Yeah. Nah, and I got the one you got to turn it. You got to you got to put the jack and you got to turn it. Oh, that was the worst. Because you got to put those. Yeah, most cars like the the jacks in the cars. You got to put it set it up manually. Yeah. Instead of like we, if you go get a jack at Harbor Freight or somewhere. Mm-hmm. You don't get the one where you can just jack it up, but that that for your garage or something. But it's it's definitely good to learn both of them because if you get used to that bougie one, exactly. and you see and you, and you see the old school. He's like, how we do this? I'm yeah, like, you, know, you gonna be stuck here for hours. <laughs> but I think what it goes to is an even more important thing of just male figures and role models are about a part of a male's development, and then our which and and something that society many people are feeling are being lost mm-hmm. right so this is just an episode of the conversation where we kind of reflect on all the life lessons whether it's our pops whether it's other male figures because for me i know i'm here today because of all the male figures i've had like who kept me from going 
down the right path when I could have gone left. Like they yeah. kept me, they kept me right when I could have gone left. Cause as much as you know, people were like, oh, open soul, calm and mellow and a good person, and all these things that might be attributed to me. I'm like, there was a time where it could have gone another way, and it was like, man, it was those people watching out for me, keeping me out of Cause my dad worked a lot, mm -hmm. you know. So him being at work, my mom being at work, it was. A lot of people who wear it's like, hey, I could have done the wrong thing because there was nobody watching. But luckily, mm -hmm. I was around white people. So, just first and foremost, one or question I have is like, who are some of the people in y'all's lives, male figures that you guys can remember on, and why are they important to y'all? Mm. I don't know, man. I say my definitely my father at the same time. Definitely a big male figure in my life. I mean, uh, mind you. Um, my old man, he used to, let's say he used to do those things out there. Mm -hmm. And then, but at the same time, he did that for a very good reason. He did that for us, you know, he, he had a drive to do that for. And I respected that at the same time. I hated it, but I respected it. I can understand why he did it. And I admire that. Now, of course, um, anytime he did it, he didn't want us to be exactly like him. And I can understand that for sure. I'm not going to be like him, but I am going to be like him in the aspect of, okay, I got to go get this. I got to make sure I go, I got to go do this. I got to go do that. I got to make sure these little aspects of myself come from him. Like I admire his characteristics. I admire what he, what he did and what he, and what he showed us at the same time. He, mind you, he didn't show us specifically, but it's like, I saw it. I was in the shadow. Yeah. And I, while I was in his shadow, I just saw everything he did right and wrong. And then, of course, I tried to make those wrongs into rights my, for myself at the same time. And those rights, I followed that mostly to the T, of course, in the old school way. But it always didn't work out in the old school way, so I had to make it in the new school way. So that's one of my role, big role models, I'll say for sure, my old man. I think what you said was us being... African American and coming from that ethnicity is like mm -hmm. you have somebody in your family who's done something the wrong way. Yeah. And it's like for me, my pops did everything the right way, but I got uncles who haven't done things right. But a lot of things that my pop showed me was what Obi's dad said was like, make sure you get up. Like if he's changing the oil, if he's fixing the rotors, if he's changing the brake pads, whatever yeah. it is. Why are you why are you walking past the trash can and the trash can is all the way up here and you just trying to build a trash can and <laughs> take out the trash can? Yeah, why are you sleeping in twelve or one? So it's like you see you see our parents, you Obi said his dad worked all day. You said you learned from right and wrong. I think as a kid, I knew what was wrong. So mm -hmm. it was like a lot of people be like, Well, you're a product of your environment, yes, but at the same time you are like you can pick where you want to go exactly. so it's like instead of me going that route of where i see my cousins and my friends from detroit and stuff like that mm -hmm. i was blessed enough to get taken out of that and go to katie mm -hmm. but that's where my life kind of changed drastically because it was like a boom and then i went over to a whole different lifestyle but i still didn't forget my roots yeah. so because that's what my parents put in me and even though they come from that environment they wanted more out of themselves. They were similar to me. My dad did, came from that. My mom really came from that. And they were the two out of their families who was like, I want to do something in my life. And then I was the one that came out of out of my like generation is like, mm -hmm. 
I was bad in school. Y'all know I graduated with 1.9 in high school. I didn't care about high school. So then when I went to community college, I had to I had to get my like morals and values right, get my focus right. And I was yeah. like, what are you going to want to do? Because that's my life turned when my mom and dad was like, I'm done paying for your bills. Mm-hmm. And that's when that man came out of me like, okay, Ziggy, you're going to be homeless or you're going to pay for something. Yeah, and that's where my life started uh, coming up, and that's why taking all those things from my my dad, I learned things like from my uncles and stuff from like streetwear, like just street awareness and just being aware of everything. I've learned that from my uncles. I learned that from my uncles on my dad's side. So just I was the youngest cousin, so I'm the youngest person on both sides of my family. So I've had all my cousins are yeah five and ten years older than me. So I just learned it from them. So. And also it's learned from uh, also learned from a bit from experience because back then back in like middle school and like sort of high school I used to ride the metro bus so I saw mm. a lot of things and like I learned from like you know seeing that and telling those people that and how it was and everything it's like dang I'm surprised you actually came up this way I'm like yeah I came up from a uh, hard times for sure that's why like people like that though which I'm like. I don't like people who too tough for themselves. Like yeah. I can be tough, but it's like at the same time, if you sitting here being too tough for yourself all the time, it's like are you either you you're really closed off because somebody's hurt you, mm-hmm. or it's just you're trying to portray something that you're not. And yeah. I I don't even like being around those people. So I'm like you just can't laugh, you can't giggle, like you need to go get away from me. I'm like you need to go get a life. Literally. Oh, see for me. I, Trying to figure out how I want to start. I mean, because it's, it's a lot. Um, I mean, obviously, first and foremost, most importantly, is my dad, right? And especially as I got older, I feel like our bond has gotten close because I understand him more, and I feel like hopefully he's starting to understand the type of person I was and my motivations. Um, being African, being Nigerian, um, that culture gets ingrained in you from the time you can walk, the time you can speak. I mean, Nigerian parents are going to be on you from the like on there about everything, especially about school. And I mean, I think a lot of the reason why I stayed on straight and narrow was just that fear of like, man, I'm not trying to hear what, you know, like, I'm not trying to get in trouble. Mm-hmm. Like they talk about putting the fear of God in you as a child and like, that's what you had. Like you didn't want to get in trouble. You didn't want to go the wrong way. Like <clears throat> I, I wasn't trying to get no kind of mark in school or nothing like that because I'm like, the last thing I want to hear is, hey, we're going to call your dad. I'm like, oh, shit. This is good. Nah, I mean, nah, shit, nah, nah, <laughs> nah, you know what I'm saying? So it was stuff like that. Um, the main takeaway that I took from my pops is like, especially as I got older, is just the work ethic. Like, no matter what, my dad, I never heard my dad really complain like, man, I can't do this. I never heard him say anything like that. Same. No matter what the problem was, no matter what the obstacle was, he always had an a, a, a answer. He always had a plan. He always had a solution, a fix whatever we had and like mm-hmm. never really complained about you know being a father you know i think that was one thing like he, he mm-hmm. took that job very seriously that part. right no matter how much stress that we put on because i know we did you know especially you being a kid and you not understanding how like the littlest things could cause stress he, he never complained about it. he always took his job seriously and always you know made sure that he provided life for us yeah right and i think it's the idea that there is no perfect way to parent but as long as you're doing it with, you know, love and with, you know, morals. commitment, with morals, you're going to do the right thing. Your, your kids are going to end up on the straight and narrow. Like, that's the one thing I always, you know, we go back and visit now. It's like, look, none of your children are in jail. None of us got in trouble. We're all productive members of society. 
right? Because um, one of the things that tends to be the scuttlebutt is like where you end up. Like a lot of African parents look at their success as a parent as where you end up as a career, right? You end up as a doctor, as an engineer, and it sounds like if you don't end up with a high-paying job, sometimes they feel like they let themselves, they let you down, they let themselves down. And we have to go through those conversations of like, hey, nah, look, we all chose the path and raised us to get to where we can now be productive members of society. And that's the one thing I respect the most about him, right? Um, and even the, the tough lessons, like the tough love he instilled, like, hey, yo, he used to get on me about, like, one of the things I used to tell people all the time, like, my dad was my worst bully. Like, I'll be frank because this is the truth. Like, my dad was my worst bully growing up because of my weight. And so he'd always get on me. I was the middle. So, yeah, it's the it's real. No, 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 I remember it. I just remember mine as well. You know what I'm saying? That's why I was laughing. It's the same thing. You know what I'm saying? So it was that, learning how to build that tough skin. Learning how to, sagging. You know what <laughs> Learning how to, like, man, shit. Hey. You either going to let, let this break you, or you going to figure out how to, you know, learn how to take the criticism and do something about it. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And I think even with football, you know, that's where a lot of that came. You know, like Shaquille O'Neal talks about his dad and his dad being a drill sergeant. Mm-hmm. You know, and how his dad every time his dad was disappointed, and he take it out and beat him up, whatever the case. Now my my dad never laid hands, but it was one of those things with that same level of tough love. That was just his way of parenting. That was the way he showed he cared. You know what I'm saying? And because of that, I had to learn how to take that as like, this is the way he's gonna raise you and you gotta take it because he could, he's showing effort. He could let you slide, but him letting you slide isn't gonna help you at the end of the day, nope. right? And that's the lesson I kind of instilled like in my youngsters is like, look, I'm doing this because I can, because we want you to be successful, right? Rather than I'm trying to do it to put you down. And I think that's one of the things that many young men kind of have to figure out is like, look, Men who are tough on y'all, tough on y'all because the world is nice. Mm-hmm. The world is not going to want to hear your explanation, not going to want to hear your bad story. So the only way to really be able to build the obstacles and surpass them is to be able to build the thickness, the tough skin, and the armor you need to be able to go out and fight the battles of the world. You know what I'm saying? And I think that's one of the things my dad instead of me. But aside from him, I mean, other people is like my coaches. You know, um, Coach Martinez, Coach Dines, Coach Reader, Coach Chesery, Coach Carr, Coach Kovo. You know, all of them keep me on a straight and narrow where, you know, there'd be days where I come to school and pissed off for whatever reason. Me and him may have butted heads or whatever the case, but it's them saying, hey, look, your dad is trying to do the right thing. Your dad is doing the right thing because at the end of the day, you're staying out of trouble, you'd be great or good. If he were to let up, you would let up. And so them reinforcing the issue really made it to where it was a community raising you, not just one person. Do you think that hinders us because I I don't hear this in our like ethnicity and our like descent of mm-hmm. culture like how our dad was and how our dad was very drill sergeant like and I got I got my ass with I'm just gonna be honest with you Same. like the last Same. time every day the last time that I got was the ninth grade like I went in class talking math teacher called the house mm-hmm. and I'm that was the last time I talked in class, so it was like, <laughs> to me, I was in, I was in the easy at being disciplined. Like I look, like you said, I look back at it now and then, like my dad was like, I tell him now, I'm like, we have our differences, but at the same time, I 
understand why you got mad about certain things now because I'm starting to go into yeah. my manhood now and I'm like okay he was just just he probably had so much stuff that he was stressed about he got to make sure he got this roof where we say he's very money oriented as I am mm-hmm. and when I lose like if my bank account goes under a certain number or something mm-hmm. I get annoyed yeah. so it's like when you're a man like you say your dad he didn't complain about nothing. He just kept a cool, calm, collective, and it's like, like you said, your pops. He had to go do what he had to go do just to make sure there was food on the table for his family. Mm-hmm. You gotta respect that as a man, but at the same time, as a kid, you don't see that. You know, You're right. like, why? Why is dad doing it? Why is he acting this way? But at the same time, you don't know what he got on his heart and what he had to go through throughout the day or how he grew up or whatever. So mm-hmm. that's what I've learned, and I'm like, man. It, that's why a lot of kids be like, forget my parents, forget this. And that's where it takes people like us to be like, it's going to be all right because you don't know what he's going through or what she's going through, not to get in your parents' business. But mm-hmm. just think, try to think about it in a different light mm-hmm. of how you're thinking about it because your parents wouldn't do this if they didn't love you. Like, the moral story. And then at the same time for me, it's also I have so much respect for my old man because... He told us a story of when he used to be like um, back in the day, very very much hooked on drugs and everything. Mm-hmm. Back then, of course, it was a hell of a hype and everything, poor mm-hmm. coke and all that stuff. But then it's like as soon as we keep like he was coming to the picture, because he stopped. Yep. I'm like that is the most respectful thing because all the stories I've heard from him, I'm like Jesus, how did you just completely out of nowhere just stop doing everything? I mean, like no drinking, no smoking. None of that. He he's to stop for us. I was like, that's the utmost respect I can have. Yeah, it's different. It was very different. It kind of goes to the point, like especially look at this with professional athletes. They talk about when a professional athlete has a child, their mindset shifts. It does, and it does, and it it makes sense because now you realize it's not just about you no more. You know what I'm saying? It's it's you. It's about your legacy. Now you wake up every day. You see your future looking at you in the eyes, like, nah, I'm not going to move off, I'm not going to be out of the club, you know, doing stuff I don't need to be doing, I got to go home, got to take care of my family, got to make sure I'm healthy for them because they're relying on me. Yeah. But to, to go to your point, um, I think what, what happens is we're in a culture, and I see this a lot, and I hear it a lot of, oh, you know, when I move out, I'm not going, I'm severing ties with my parents, I hear that a lot, <laughs> you know, and I've honestly, I've had people, like, say certain things of that ilk to me, like, when I would, I'd be annoyed on some of the things that were happening, and then it was like, look, December Tyler, when you move out, you're done. I'm like, fuck, like, that's supposed to be your family, so it, it sounds wrong. I think what it gets to is that it takes having, they, they, they talk about in my culture, having a, uh, having a village raise a child. Like, it's being able to reinforce the point home, one, and then being able to have that level of communication of, like, look, this isn't right. Like, um, one of the things, uh, I want to know what y'all think about it is, they don't owe you an explanation for what they do. And I always was kind of like, yeah, but if you don't explain it as a parent, let somebody else do it. And if you let the wrong person do it, then the message will get missed, right? I, I think at the end of the day, it's, it's a matter of, whether we want to call it the way society's evolving, is just being able to heal those wounds of the past. It's like, hey, if there is any trauma, if there is anything that is not right, or is not sitting well, or if there is some sour taste or some resentment, that's got to be worked through. Because if not, you don't want to wait till it's too late and either the parents too old, they pass away, or you know the, the kid never comes around, comes home, 
And I had to do that. I had to do that with my dad. Like, he may not even know this, but like, I think the thing that happened for me, I always go back to when I switched majors, well, I think the, the moment, whether, he, whether it was said or not, it was the, the principle of, I decided to take life in my own hands. Like for your parents saying they're not paying for nothing no more, it was me saying, look, I'm, I'm, I'm dealing with all this pressure of trying to please y'all, but at the end of the day, this isn't working for me, it's not healthy, mm-hmm. right? And I understand what you guys believe the right path is for me, and I, you know, but y'all have to trust me and understand that like, y'all raised me to do the right thing. Pops, you raised me to do the right thing. I'm always gonna make sure I'm gonna take care of myself and my family, right? Which is what you guys are raising me to do. Right, so when I was in the thick of it, I was like, yo, this pre-med stuff isn't gonna work. This med school stuff isn't gonna work, I'm gonna switch. And I knew, I told my moms that, she was like, go tell your dad, right? (laughs) And I knew knew that was like, let's see if you really want to be the type to tell him the truth, knowing you might react a certain way because we think you're afraid of him. So it was one of the things I went, I sat down and said, look, this is my plan, this is what I'm gonna do. I'm willing to take whatever consequence that comes with it. So if he said to me, hey, look, we separate with you, we ain't messing with you, like whatever the case, I was ready for that, right? And I think that's a messed up thing for people to deal with, but that's the truth. And I know I'm not the only person who's had this stuff happen. That's the only thing I'm saying. And the fact is he looked, he looked each other in the eyes and he's like, all right, that's your decision. We'll work with you and boom. And I think after that, the, co- the communication was less about no, you're gonna do this because I tell you this. Like, look, this is what you chose. This is the consequence. Like, you're a man now. You make your own decision. But see, why does it have to be? You're right, but why does it have to be you stood up to him? I don't even like looking at it like that. It's like, look, I chose to make this decision because when we say words like standing up to him, it may seem like you're going at them, and it's bad. It is in our culture, as bad as it sounds. Mm-hmm. Um, like my one of my best friends, he's Haitian, mm-hmm. and he went to uh, Texas Tech with me, and his dad came from Haiti and he was the only one to come out of that group and come out of nothing and he became an engineer. Mm-hmm. So he told my friend Kevin, he was like, you're going to be an engineer you're going to be a surgeon. I'm mm-hmm. not paying for nothing else in college. It was, and it was, and it's messed up because I had to It was like, he was like, he was like, I want to go into business yeah. and the business is, a, that's a good major, but I guess his dad was just like, that's not what I'm going to pay for. That's not a security so thing. He stayed in it. He finished. He's an engineer still. But I don't ever want my kids to ever feel that they can't pick something that they love. If it's something I know they're not going to probably get no money from, yeah. maybe. But at the same time, look at Ryan, how he blew up. And his mom was doing the same thing. Like, no, nah, make sure you get a nine to five job. But he making so much goddamn money from social media. But it's that's why I told you you need to have good friends in your corner. Cause like even when you came to me and told me about that, I was like, I can't tell you what to do. I can just give you a little bit of knowledge of how that happened with me. Like I was, I thought I was gonna get a trade. I just never was the guy for school, and I was right. like, I'm yeah. surprised I'm here to this day. So it's like for me, I took that leap because my parents comes from nothing and made something out of something. So I know they don't know everything, but they think they do. And it's like, I had to, the energy industry is such a huge industry. I had no idea what I was getting into. And I just took a leap of, I'm going into a broker shop. These people could be crooked, which they were. 
mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I'm just getting the I'm just getting the background and the information I need to basically play like a flipping game, and then I go to our next role, and then I come. Now y'all start giving me fifty, sixty thousand a year, and then I go to this and this and this, and I keep leveling up, and yeah. I'm like, you have to, you have to jump so you can see for yourself because if you listen to everything that your parents say, yeah, you like it could work, but at the same time, if it doesn't work, and then you look at them and say, well, I listen to everything y'all said, are you gonna keep taking care of me? No, that's on you, son. You're supposed to figure that out. So I'm not going to listen to you because you're not going to take care of me if I fall at this age. So I got to at least fail with the option that I made. And that's what I told Obi. And that's why I said I'm glad he took what he took. Because I remember he was he was still at home. Yeah. And he was a te- and now he's a teacher. Now he has his own place. Now he has his own company. Now he has his own brand. And he's in a whole different spot. And I'm like, imagine if you didn't jump. And you went the uh, pre-med route, and you was not happy. You could be yeah. making money anywhere, wrong, but yeah. now you're yeah. happy now doing what you want. Yeah. So it just depends. Before I go, you got something? No, I'm saying you've never really been happy at the same time because I saw how I saw how it was. You uh, like you know you trying to go to pre-med. I'm like like uh, I don't know about pre-med. Like at the same time, I'm a perfect person. Like I I was a I, I wouldn't say I was a school person. I did very good in school and everything. I finished like. I really wanted to get the heck out of that, just sort of finish, and I did that. But after that, it was like, okay, now this degree I have is not really used too much. So it's like, mm-hmm. what the hell is this point? Like, I'm glad in my like I was the second person in my family to get that degree and mm-hmm. actually um, actually graduated with it and trying to do something with it because not nobody in my family and both sides of my family most of the time didn't do didn't go to college and like that. My dad dropped out of high school when he was like in 10th grade. My mom dropped out of the college and everything, uh, dealing with us. So it was like, you know, it was a very big, big surprise and great that I finished and everything, did what I had to do. Mm-hmm. Now, um, now, like I said, going back with pre-med and everything, I saw how everybody dealt with that and was struggling with that. And I'm like, do you really want to go through that at the same time, doing the headaches and everything? Like, now, business-wise, this could be great for you. I don't know too much about it, but I say, Jump the gun, trying to kind of um, jump the gun, and then go to another position that you can make money from, mm-hmm. and then do your business at the same time. Mm-hmm. That was the best option you did. So, so for me, I think the silver lining came was okay. So we fast forward, we switched, we switched the majors, boom, and now I'm in college, and I'm like, all right, I done took life into my own hands, right? But it was always falling back on the same principles that were instilled in me, like you still gotta work. And I think that was the main thing that gets missed in all of it. It's like, look, I'm still gonna work my ass up and I still got a long-term vision. I'm a long-term thinker, mm-hmm. right? And so because of that, I was always on the straight and narrow. Now, I started understanding my pops and all his teaching and all the things he was saying when I graduated. And I think this is the unfortunate thing about a lot of young people. And yeah, I've fallen victim of making that mistake. It was, a lot of it is you gotta learn by doing and seeing it in real time. And honestly, if you wanna call it failing, it's failing and then having to pick yourself up and readjust. But my thing is, look, I, I'm, I'm the ultimate adjust. I'm okay, I'm gonna learn from that. Okay, I took that experience. Okay, now I'm gonna do this next thing. So when I got out of school, we finished, we looked at the GPA, I sat in his office and I remember we looked at it. I was like, look, okay, this med school stuff, looking at your GPA, looking at your transcript, not gonna work. Okay, you do PA, nursing, you do all this. I said, cool. So I went down the nursing rabbit hole. But I was like, well, I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna also, work. So I went and got my first job. Now, that whole thing of getting an undergrad, and that thing, this is what a lot of young people complain about now, getting that first job after you get your undergrad, many people think, oh, phew, 
a degree to the job. No. Hell no, that wasn't the case. You better get an internship right? while you're in college at the same time. That's you better get an internship. Man. And that's a lot of stuff that people don't get put on game about. So then this is where he comes in. He's like, look, see, everything that I was trying to tell you when you were young, this is why I'm saying it now. Because, look, if you had done the med school route, if you had done the engineering route, now you more likely would have had a job where you would have had the job set. Experience. Now, and the experience. Now you have to scramble, you have to look, you have to apply, apply. And then when I started working, I finally got the job because unfortunately COVID became a thing. We weren't making a whole lot. So then it's like, look, now think about this. You're a man. You're going to have to provide for yourself. You're going to have to provide for your family, which means rent, bills, mortgage, all these things. Right now, the conversations are much more like teacher, student, philosopher, and like protege. Like, I'm like, I'm sitting there like, just like, okay, this, 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 this. And it's making sense. So then, once I understood that, I was like, all right, lesson learned. But the thing is, I'm always had that dog in me because I understood your work ethic. You just got to pick. And so my thing is, okay, I'm not going to go back to school. I made that decision at some point. I'm not going back to school, which means I'm not going back to school. That don't mean you don't get to work less. You got to work even harder. You got to mm -hmm. figure out more shit. And so then I was like, okay, I went, did that job, get the experience on my resume. And then it was like, all right, that now we gotta move, which means we gotta get a little bit more income, have some more breathing room, and then we gotta have something where you gotta have, you can invest in the business because you gotta start up, gotta have a startup cost, gotta have some money saved, right? So all this I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, and I think me being a loner comes from that middle child of like, you're the last boy, they already dealt with two, and then you, you're not the youngest. So I was always used to being a shadow where I could just kind of be, I'm like, I'm just gonna observe, I'm gonna do my thing, and people can have whatever opinion they want, but at the end of the day, I'm gonna stay locked in on the journey. And so I was like, boom, I'm gonna be my brother was like, why don't you be a teacher? And it was the cultural aspect that hit me first where I was like, bro, you know our parents ain't trying to hear that shit. And I'm like, <laughs> and I'm like, like I looked at I looked at Bernard, I was like, bro, man, you know I'm not trying to go down that rabbit hole again. Right? And he's like, it's different, bro. Like understand it's in the man. You're never gonna. They're never gonna not need teachers. You're good at it. You get the Especially stipend. male teachers at that. Male teachers, black yeah. male teachers. How yeah. said the stipend? Yeah. And he was like, "Look, just look at it this way, and then this will be able to help you fund everything else." I was like, "Shit, well, when you put it that way." And then me and you just started seeing two of the pockets. I'm like, now we can use that extra money to fund the business and fund everything else. It's like cool. So I just went and applied. I didn't even talk to my people about it. Went and applied because it's like this is my life. Right, it's your life, and you got to deal with the consequences. You got to deal with the decisions you made. What's done is done. So I did it, got the job, told people, "Hey, look, I'm teaching now, and I'm gonna start this business." Right? They and whether they liked it or not, they had to respect it. It's like, all right, it's your it's your life, right? That part. Yeah, it's your life. You gonna do it? You know, you just gotta get to a point where you gotta provide. And I, I I feel like they didn't really. They weren't the happiest about it, but at the end of the day, they, they didn't see the vision. So then we get to that point of having the right people around you, having the right support system, having the right OGs that are like, look, other adult figures like, look, you gotta stay on the train there. Look, they done taught you everything, they gonna teach you. You're a man now, you're an adult. You gotta figure this shit out, you gotta keep on going. And that's what that community I think is important and needed. It's like, look, your parents love you, Parents want you to just be successful, but they want you to be safe. Sometimes safe ain't knows what you need. Because of that, you gotta sometimes take that leap, like you talk about, like we talk about. And that's the part that I think a lot of men have to understand, like, 
Sometimes it's not going to be comfortable having those conversations. Sometimes it's not going to be comfortable maybe feeling like you disappointed, you know, your folks. But at the end of the day, if you know what you're destined to do and if you locked in on it, it'll pay off for you then. We've all heard this before. Sorry. No, like, we've all heard this before. It's quick. Uh, we all heard this before, but you got to be comfortable being uncomfortable. Straight up. Point blank. I think for me, my dad would just, he's been blunt as it is since I've been Facts. a toddler. So it's just for me, it was that little kid that was in me that was still a little afraid of him. So I'm like, he did yeah. disappear. Yeah. So I was like, I was like, okay, well, we have our differences. I, I don't like how you do some things. You don't like how I do some things. You think I'm not going to amount to nothing. How about I just show you? Mm. So that's what I did, and then now it's like they look back. I wasn't the child that nobody thought was going to make. It was my brother, mm. and then when I did it, everybody was like, "Dang!" <laughs> but that, that black sheep—not to cut you off—that black sheep effect that you and I both had. How long did it take if it, if you have for you to get past that or to forgive your pops about that? I'm, that's something that I. Like just being just honest, I still ain't forgiven. So it's like mm-hmm. we still we still got we still got our like I'm going to Michigan tomorrow and like we still got our tension, we still got our beef, but coming from hearing like Kat talk to me, hearing friends talk to me about it, yeah. I'm starting to see I'm more like him than I even knew. Yeah, me too. I wanna like go to like I told myself I was gonna go to therapy and like yeah. Like just kind of see if that's the reason I'm like I am right now. Like I might be a hot head because of him. I might I might be able to just snap at people super quick because of him. So to me, I'm like, should I go sit down? So I'm really against therapy, mm-hmm. but I'm like, what if I go there and it benefits me in my relationship? Helps my anger. Helps my just mental capacity of just being relieved or something. What if I can go do that for that and my my insurance coverage? So it's like, why not, why not try it? Yeah. So that's what I've been doing, but yeah, I still haven't. Cause I still have in the back of my head like, when we have the role, uh, our male role models at the same time, we end up picking up a lot of their personalities and characteristics at the yeah, same yeah. time. That's so like, true. I noticed that like you know, um, like my ex and everything would tell me. I act just like my dad. I sound just like him. I'm like, <laughs> I don't see it, but then it's like sometimes I catch myself like, I do sound like this nigga right now. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> I, know. I was like, dang, let me change this. But at the yeah. same time, like, that's who I really saw most of the time. Yeah. That I would really want to look up to at the same mm-hmm. time. Like, and there's a, a few others, but mostly it was mostly him. Yeah. So it was like that's a, that, that's the thing about having our male role models. We'll end up acting like them a lot of times. Being a teacher, man, I'm always gonna fall back to that. That that was when I realized I'm more like my dad than I think. Cause like remember there every time me and him used to do homework, and I wouldn't get it. Oh my And I and I'd shut Please. down, and that would make him more upset. Right, and then dealing with kids, I'm like, I would catch myself saying something like, "God damn, some shit my dad would say." Like, it's that quick yeah, thing. Horrible way, like, you like, how don't you get it? Yeah. <laughs> I got it. I wouldn't be asking you. Like, then it made me not even want to ask him. Yeah. I really just failed the homework. I was imagine that, that stress of like making <laughs> you, you stress because you still don't get it, but then he's young. Like, I'm so I'm so worried about you yelling. 
I don't even care, I don't even care about talking. what we just talking about. I don't want to get this problem wrong. I feel like if I get this problem wrong, you just gonna get mad. He's like, yeah, go over there and do it again and try it. And, I mean, and I'm like, I and, know and, and I'm saying to that point, maybe that's where because there was a point like I was always good at school, but there was a point where I was done at school, and I think it was part of that. It was like I'd be in class, and when I wouldn't get something, I'm thinking, I gotta go home and hear that shit. Like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, I gotta go home and hear that if I don't get it. My mom wants me to ask my pops, and he's gonna get it, or he's gonna be able to figure it out. And if I don't get it, then I'm, I know that's gonna come with yelling and consequences. And then, like you said, that fear pa- aspect of like, man, you can't be like, bro, chill. You gotta, mostly, you, gotta, you gotta sit there and take it. So then it's like, bro. Because like for me, I mostly got that from like I ain't getting no heart from my old man because I mean he ain't really he wasn't in school for long at the same time, so mm-hmm. I couldn't ask him no questions. Most of the time, it's like when I was slipping up in school. My mom would just be on my behind, especially when they had the online report cards and everything. She always mm-hmm. looked it up and yeah. like and look at the conduct. I was like, damn. When, don't I, heard, don't when, I, heard, when I heard my full name being the full name being called middle, like your middle name and your first name, your last name, I was like, oh damn, I knew I was fucked up. And so like I remember them times I had to because they wasn't too much book smart, so I had to do they make me go study. Yeah. And then back then, my mom, uh, instead of us like being kind of in kindergarten and everything, mm-hmm. we had the CDs and, and she made us sit there in the computer room, mm-hmm. learn that if we would fall asleep, whoop it. Mm-hmm. We'd, like get back over there and learn that at the same time. <laughs> so that's how that's how we learned. And I was like, I hated it, but I loved it at the same time because it made me smart. So do you way. think we should discipline our kids the same way? Okay, so <laughs> my opinion on that one is, mm-hmm. um, Discipline and it's not about see, discipline. Sounds so much like just whooping them every time they do something. My my approach is <laughs> you're gonna get disciplined if you do something wrong anymore, like violence, or if you do something I taught you not to do. Yeah, you're gonna get you're gonna get your ass whooped. But if it's gonna be a lot of teaching on the front end, the front end. and you gotta be involved, and that's the one thing I think parents are afraid to do now is that they're not involved and they want the teacher just to take care of everything and so then they don't support them on the back end, you know, my observation. But for me, it's like, we're going to have this structure, we're going to take care of business, and you're going to get out what you put in. So with kids, I think it's just about being able to incentivize them and saying, okay, what is your end goal, right? If you want to go through the motions, that's not going to fly, but understand going through the motions will only get you so far, and you're going to pay for it one way or another. You're either going to pay for it now, and then you'll be able to enjoy it later, or you can enjoy yourself now and then you're gonna pay for it severely later. And I'm not always gonna be here mm-hmm. to bail you out to figure it out. So we're gonna instill this, we're gonna instill this now, so that way you'll be prepared for whatever whenever it comes up. That's the way I'm gonna teach. So it's not gonna be about just disciplining, about whooping them, but about being able to get them the real about life ain't fair, life isn't easy, life isn't nice to you. So you gotta be able to, you know, build that armor up. You can provide for yourself. That's how my mom disciplines, like even my niece, like that's how I know that discipline style that my mom did for me worked. My dad was more, I'm gonna tell you once, and if I tell you again, <laughs> I'm just gonna whoop you. Oh, and then I'm gonna tell you again. Yeah, like, that's just, that's just my dad. He ain't gonna keep telling me. So he, yeah. he was a, like me and my brother, like for example, we was in the grocery store and he was like, if y'all hit me with this cart on the back of my foot, mm-hmm. I'll whoop y'all ass. Whooping your ass. And he told us, he told us when we walked into the store. So I can't get, 
We get somewhere in the store, we hit the back of his foot. Mm-hmm. I just told y'all. <laughs> so now you getting your ass whipped. That's what we did. Yeah. So and my mom can't save us, and it's just like no, nope. whatever. But my mom, she whoops me, but she will explain to me like, "I love you. This is why I did it." Like yeah, this is did. yeah. She would after she would she would be like this is why I did it. I don't want you to think I'm just abusing. I'm doing it so you don't do it again or you'd go somewhere else and act that manner again. She does that with my niece now because my niece might act the fool, and she would do that and then she would come in and say, "Nanny loves you," but this is why I did this because you're acting this way. And then she'd come in there and be like, "Nanny, I love you for doing that." Like I can tell you, like so. She I think, that? huh? She did that. Who my niece? Yeah, yeah, my niece, and she's only like. Boy, no way. I got a question. What do you say? I'll play devil's advocate and I'll bring this up again. Kids aren't owed an explanation, right? Uh-huh. Kids aren't owed an explanation. And so therefore, uh-huh. you don't need to be explaining why you did it. Like, they're, 50, 50 you're, the, you're, the, you're the parent, 50, you're the 50, adult, 50, you're, the, you're the authority figure. Uh-huh. They just got to learn and they got to get it. Let you know. You better let me know why I got my ass with the same. I mean, because because like a lot of times, like um, like it was time random times where I got whooped in the uh, after taking a shot. Just and then like, but like, but like during the they'll tell me why during the whoop at the same time. Yeah, so I'm like, damn, I can't do this again because I don't want to experience that that hurt yeah. in my life. Yeah, because so, it do hurt. So it's like, yeah, I'm like, nah, like you better let me know if you just whoop me randomly, I wouldn't know what the heck goes for. I'm like, I don't know why she whooped me. It's like I did, I didn't do nothing. But then, like, oh, it was from that time last week or like a few days ago. I forgot all about that. I did mess up. So and that's that's kind of what it is. Like, I think it's fifty fifty. Like, sometimes, like my nephew, he's very. You too grown for your age. Mm. You speaking in grown folks' business. Mm. That's when I be like, all right, and I tell him, I look, I'm your, I'm the younger uncle, so it's like I still kind of relate to the kids. Yeah. So it's like I'm not gonna get too mad, but I can see why my parents or my brother and sister in law might get mad at him, being like, you are too. In grown folks' business, stay in grown folks' business. If we tell you to do something, don't ask us a million and one questions. Shut up and just listen. <laughs> and if you keep asking, I'm gonna whoop you. But I think if you, if you're just, if a parent is just overdoing it, then I'm like, okay, at least give the kid a direction of why they did yeah. you did this because you're gonna make that kid maybe get angry and go up to that school and go beat somebody up. Mm-hmm. I might go kill somebody. I don't I don't put that on nobody, but like this is what kids are yep. doing now is because they kids are emotional. Kids overreact mm-hmm. and when they go to school, a lot of that results to how parents can discipline their kids. So it's like, I think as parents you have to you have to it's a thin line of over discipline to a point where you like, okay, don't don't beat this kid like hmm. let's explain to them this is why this happened this is why this is how you do this I don't want you to go conduct yourself as a bad way and this is why I'm doing that so mm-hmm. I just imagine myself at the same time like explaining something to my child and then I get up like nah <laughs> I did the explanation just take the bell off like Let's go in the room right now. It's about yeah. that time. So the reason I ask the question is because I'm looking at my past experience. And I'm looking at the way I, I observe society. Two things tend to happen to that. So one thing is 
that emotion that that kid feels is gotta be manifested in one way or another. So if you tell them, I don't owe you an explanation, shut up and let me just do what I do, mm-hmm. they're still gonna have that thought in their head of why am I always getting beat, mm-hmm. why they beat, why they do this. Yeah. And if they can't talk to you about it, they're gonna either keep it to themselves, but then now you're letting yeah, that kid, yeah. you're gonna let that kid replay all that emotion yeah. And it's gonna marinate, it's gonna fest, and eventually it's gonna manifest itself in another way, whether that's them bullying some other kid in school. And and then we talk about, man, why is this kid picking on these other kids? It's like they gotta let that out because you let that out on them. Or he's right? gonna end up shutting down. Or he's gonna end up shutting there's down in like different angles. There's a lot of different angles that can go. Like I was the type, <laughs> and it's still like this now. I, I like I was always the loner in the family, and I'm still like that now, Same. right? Like it's always a guard up and I'm like that with people like y'all tell me this like yeah I'm like that too you know where it's like you don't you don't let nobody in you guard up you always mm-hmm. got people at arm's length I'm like that's the only way I know how to be because I feel like it's always some level of threat that I have to mitigate right and so like people would always ask like why are you always by yourself why do you like you never want to stay you never want to you don't ever want to stay nowhere. You always got to, like, peace out early. You know, it's one of them things, like, what is that about? I'm like, because, like, I know how I am, and I don't trust people easily. I don't trust people at all. I don't trust humans at all, really, even truly. And so even your own blood. And I see, like, one of the things I've, I've told people is, like, family has the highest ability to betray you and to break your heart because, I mean, they're the people who you're supposed to be like, man, I should be able to rely on y'all and go to y'all, but sometimes it's not always the case, right? So it's like, well, you, you're by yourself, you feel alone sometimes, yeah. but you have to learn, like, hey, this is just part of life and you just got to figure out and find people who you can rely on, but you got to rely on yourself first and foremost, but then you have to be able to figure out those emotions you go through and make sure that they don't corrupt you, they don't hinder you from making a better life for yourself. So that's the only reason why I'm like, for kids that are very impressionable, you have to make sure that you're teaching them because if you don't, then they can get the wrong teacher, they can get the wrong message. Mm-hmm. I do like the old method though, don't get me wrong. Yeah, right. yeah, for sure, it's I got do, value. I do think this, I don't know how people discipline their kids now. I mean, I'm curious to see the guys in our generation. Yeah, um, yeah. Because a lot of them are starting to have kids now and mm-hmm. I don't see the parental guidance as I saw growing up. What do you mean? How we saw it. Like, I think our dads and uncles and grandparents were more strict on us than mm-hmm. I'm seeing Definitely. us on kids. Oh, yeah. So I'm like, are we... I'm curious to see the next generation of kids. I think we're at a point... My bad, Trey. No. I think we're at a point of overcorrection or maybe... Even like some of our, I think single parents I hear did this a little bit, but I think we're at a point where we might get to an overcorrection, right? We had all the disciplinarians for the two people, two people households where they instilled all the discipline, right? And then naturally just the pendulum of life is the people who had the super disciplinarian parents, especially those who wanted a bucket, they're going to be the super enabling type, you know, the ones that are going to probably be the best friend of their kid because they want their kid to be able to trust them and to be able to come to them, right? I do hear that a lot. I do hear that. that Maybe that's the observation of our generation is like, you know, where it's like, man, my (laughs) (laughs) you know, those people's parents were too involved, so then they're like, like, yo, I'm going to be more, more the mentoring type 
You know, and I don't believe in that either. Don't get me wrong. For all this explanation stuff I'm talking about, like, nah, there's still a line of you are still meant to be the parent and the authority figure. But that overcorrection is what I'm noticing is probably going to be the trend. And then eventually is going to come back to some type of middle ground is what I observe. Like, pretty much what I, um, what I hear now, this was some homeboys and everything who's having daughters and stuff. They said they, they couldn't whoop their daughter. I can understand that because I don't mm. want to whoop my daughter. Yeah. I say that, I say I do, but at the same time, I'd be like, I'm going to let the mama handle that because I can't touch my daughter. Mm-hmm. My, my brother's like that. He he do yell at Aspen. And he'd be like, all he got to do is Aspen. He'd be like, Aspen. Yeah. And then literally, she... And she would just stiffening up and she would just come and Gabby don't give him no problems but Leah but Leah's not as strict on Aspen as but all Drew gotta do is be like say her name and she would just she yeah. just stiffen up and she will walk out but I'm more I'm more strict on her like she kinda got uh crunk with me and I was like I'm not I ain't your mommy dad. I'm gonna whoop you like I don't care really. <laughs> and I, I did the same thing my niece at one point it's like at times like you know I'll say her name and she's like and, but then it's like she she'll probably go back and do something bad I'm like okay and so instead of me not I ain't gonna whoop you I'm gonna flick you yeah, I used that's to do that. That's what I'm going to do with yeah. my daughter and everything. Not my son. Oh, yeah. Getting your ass whooped. Yeah. <laughs> Literally. You, you <laughs> Ain't no way, what? And so it's like, I see that the whole best friend thing as like, nah, that can't happen. You can't so because like, then. You can't be a best friend to give to your kid because your kid going to end up, I, I can't, I don't see that running because they're going to end up probably running over you at the same time. That's what I was about to say. I, I need, like, I would tell Cat, like, I'm gonna need you to put your foot so far up her ass to yeah. the point where, like, because if I have a daughter, she's going to challenge her. Yeah, oh, she's yeah. going to. They're yes. gonna end up fighting because, especially if my daughter's that, like, if my daughter's like me, me, oh, yeah, because yeah. they're gonna get to that teenage year. We're gonna say you can't go somewhere. You're ruining my life. You're ruining my life. Like, they knowing, do it. Yeah, knowing, like, know. especially like with Cat, like. When she was, I'm hearing her stories when she grew up. Yeah. She used to break out of her house and go out the when I'm like, if you lived in my house, you would go. Well, we have bars, but wait. No, no, no. No. See, 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 yeah, me being me, I, I would have fun with it. Nah, no, nah, no. Nah. Like, obviously, you sneak out. You sneak out. When you, when you come home, I'm just going gonna, gonna to be that type of parent. I'm just going to be. I'm just gonna be sitting there waiting for you. Like, do you have a good time? Where, where'd you go? Just wait until you come. Yeah. With that belt, so you had a good Bill, time. right on there. And my grandma. Wait, wait, am I, I in got, trouble? Like, I've got good question. hit with like. You'll figure out what I'm gonna stuff. do. <laughs> like, switches and stuff from yeah. my grandma and stuff off a tree. Go get a, go get a switch twigs off a tree. And everything. Not to it's my bad. The actual branch, because you can't get no twigs. That thing will break, and then, yeah, you ain't get no real whooping. And that's nah, what I was like. You just, you just I'm let it build. I'm gonna let that. I'm gonna let that anticipation build. Like I'm gonna be like, I'm just gonna be sitting there waiting for him. You're trying to build fear. Ryan's mom, Miss Kim, did it interesting with him. Um, <laughs> oh Lord, she was more militant. Yeah. My homeboy, uh, she was like more. She would make him cut the grass like scissors. <laughs> like, die. Oh shit! She did stuff to like yeah. humiliate, like humiliate him, like dye his hair a certain color to go to school. <laughs> I'd be that type of like, too. Oh, that's humiliated. Like, I pop up at school, switch his shoes, like make him wear different stuff. <laughs> so like, if you gonna act up, I'm gonna make you wear something so bad to the point where you're gonna get teased at school. Yep. Damn. I'm, I'm not even gonna do nothing. Like that's so smart. Yeah. I'm gonna have to probably try that. 
And like she whooped him, but like she just she that didn't work around because Ryan was so like you gonna stop having to hit me like I'm just gonna take it. One thing, she's a single mom. One thing I I remember observing was um, my eighth graders. We had a little school dance, whatever. And the young ladies were talking about, man, these heels hurt. I'm like, yeah, you see, you wanted to be grown. Now y'all got y'all got to deal with it, right? So my thing, one of the punishments I thought of, I was like, what would y'all say? If let's say you had a daughter and she was trying to be grown, she tried to buck at you. I'm like, okay, this is your punishment. You have to walk around in heels, like the highest, most uncomfortable angle. You have to walk around in them all day long. I don't even know all. if my, my daughter's going to be able to wear makeup. And- no, no, no. No, no, that's that, that point. I'm like... That's that's something I've actually thought about a lot. Like, if I have a daughter, like, when would they start wearing makeup? And oh, I clown it on. Like, I'd make her literally walk, like, clown makeup. I would make her walk around in that. I'd make her. That would make a, that would make a girl kind of get straight because you know they're more yeah. into like <laughs> how they their images. That would straight. definitely. Straight. I hate you. That or, method would work. That method would work. Yeah, that would work. With a guy. Major pain and make them run around in dresses like Major Payne did on that movie. Mmm. I know you're talking about, like, especially with the little boys and everything. You yeah, can do that with them. So shave them bald and make them. Shave them bald. Oh, you said Major Payne with a. Uh, I remember. Yeah. God. Yeah. Until I got good, that's what that's what I kept having to do, get a shaved head. And I finally asked, like, how you get away? Yeah. <laughs> I remember I did that so bad in elementary. I was so bad. They said, nah. I said, I said can I finally get away? They said, like, hey, nah, you can finally get it because you're acting a little good. But then I after bad again, I got bald head again. I was a little, I was a good kid. Mm-hmm. I was a bad, I would say from four, three to like seven. Like my mom told me stories like she said, for some reason, as a baby, you wanted to fight every other baby. Because <laughs> like you just had a habit of just doing like this to them. Or if my mom promised me something yeah. and I didn't like, she promised me Wendy's, man, this is a fat trait, probably, yeah. but it just, she, she, <laughs> she promised me Wendy's, but she switched, she's like, I'm gonna cook pepper steak. I was like, no, you told me to give me Wendy's, you're gonna give me Wendy's. Yeah. She's like, I'm not doing it. So I buckled my little car seat, and then I got to the front, I grabbed the stairway, you gonna listen to me. <laughs> And, Boy, she, got, and that's what she did. She just like she basically punched me. I flew in the back, and then she was like, "My dad traveled a lot, and she was my dad's like, when I get home, I'm gonna whoop him." But it just, I think you need it as a kid. You do. I mean, a lot of people yeah. be like, "Well, you can't, you shouldn't do it to your kid." I think I need it because like, don't come yeah. grabbing the steering wheel. I remember one time where my dad hit me with the belt buckle. It was an accident, mm-hmm. you know, for sure. But then he said, "I'm so sorry, I hit you with the belt buckle." But I still got with your ass at the same time. Yeah. It's like, you know, I do, I'm doing this for a good reason. Yeah. Mind you, that did scar me at the same time. But, like, yeah. I see why he did it, though. Look how you came out. You came out good. That's yeah, it. I came out pretty good. Not too bad. So it was like, yeah. whooping ain't that bad. It ain't, man. It's Bill's character. That's all it is. Yeah. So, next thing I want to transition to. First off, y'all got any questions, man? Y'all, y'all we didn't. Mm. Uh, we didn't. We didn't. We hit a, hit a lot, lot of stuff. We yeah. hit a lot of points at the same time. All right, a couple more things. What's one, is there a life story that epitomizes kind of a male figure or one of the main things that you guys learned that you still rely on today? Yes. What would that be? Um, A woman's never not going to be able to say that I can't fix something. Mm. I'm always going to figure a way to like mount TVs, change Mm. your oil, Mm. uh, make sure your rotors are changed, brake pads, water pumps, cut grass, shovel snow. 
to cook. Like the yeah. list goes on and on for me. So it's like that's something I feel like men are tremendously lacking, right. like lacking across the board. Mm-hmm. And that's something that women really, really want in the man. Like as much as women be like, I need you to buy me stuff. This is why I think the the real men are still winning is when you sit a woman down and be like if you just get your mind off this social media stuff and you just sit down and be your normal person mm-hmm. you're going to see the actual man that you really think you've been wanting like take care of me hey babe can you put this tv up mm-hmm. hey babe uh this we got four stools and it's in the package can you put it up for me yeah. those are things that a woman would be like mm, I'm gonna make him a, I'm gonna make his lunch for him I'm gonna make sure I give him a massage and I'm gonna make sure his his he got lotion he got, I'm gonna make sure like put a note somewhere I'm, just yeah. little things like that to the point where that's what I think men are lacking because men think they can just use money is important but if you still got your hustle you got your drive but you also got the morals and values that our parents and OGs put into us to put into your woman that she's lacking, I guarantee your woman will never cheat. It's that the same thing. I said, I said the exact same thing, to be honest, because it's like pretty much, if I did, especially if I didn't really know, know how to do something, I'll, I'll, do my, I'll do my quickest way. YouTube or use a resource that I have, a person who I have, like, I know personally as a resource, hey, what can I do right here? This and that. Okay, bet. I got that done. Easy. And then it's off her head and everything. And then especially if you can be a solution-oriented man. That's it. That was it. all you need. That was it. If you you can't be a solution-oriented man and give a solution out to these issues that this woman's having or that you have in your relationship or that you have in your home, then you cannot... It's not. It's not even looking good for you. Secret to all this is just have some job and ambition. Shameless plug. <laughs> that's <laughs> all it is, though. But I mean, that's, that's the truth. It's just about you got to have a plan. Like you just got to have a the capability to have a direction. You know what I'm saying? I think as long as you have that, you know, a woman will be able to respect where you're going because you you know you you got something. It may not be right, but you'll be able to figure it out. And you'll be able to adapt. Um, I mean, for me, going. I mean, piggybacking off that point, I think it's just being able to have that work ethic and that dog. Like, if there's nothing else you can say about my dad, he was gonna work his ass off and he was gonna provide no excuses. And I think that was his main thing for me. It's like, look, I'm gonna figure it out. It may take me a little while. It may yeah. take trying things out, but best believe I got that dog in me, and I'm gonna. I can't. I can't fail. And this honestly made me a little obsessive, maybe a little unhinged, but it's like I ain't got no choice. Like, that's the way it's got to be. So one thing is, like, any person who knows me knows, like, I got that drive to say I got to be better. I got to keep on going. And, like, it's probably why, like, they'd be like, are you excited? Do you get... I'm like, nah, because I got to keep... I got to keep on straight now. My dad was not the type to over-congratulate himself. He just was on to the next day. That's the main thing I took from him. It's like, look, you just got to keep on going because life don't stop. Bus moving faster. That's all That's all it is. Like, yeah. I think a lot of men... I seen a woman post on her story the other day. Um, we just want a man to be able to lead. A lot of men don't know how to lead anymore. That's something that mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of... A lot of the people back then that I've seen that are men were capable of doing were knowing how to lead a household because a woman could say, well, why can't we be why can't we be up there? And you can. But it's like at the end of the day, women do look to a man to lead a household so they can still stay in their feminine feminine roles and a lot of women now are like well 
I think I can do that. Yes, you can, but it's about how you go into different roles. So I think everybody now is just missing the big picture. And it's just... And to also piggyback on what you said right there as well, um, like you said, they can't lead. But the thing is, 99% of the time, we will always be in that mode. We will always be in that mode of like, what's that? We got to fix that. Or like, you know, a threat is coming and everything. We will always be in that. Instant. Yeah, I can't look at my girl. Like, what are we going to do? Exactly. Like, <laughs> like, 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 I don't know what to do. I'm helpless. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Man, I, I can't do it. I'm like, no, I know exactly what to do. Get your butt over there. Do that. Da, 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 and then we're going to get this done. But it's like a woman, they go through so many emotions. They go through so many things during that entire mm-hmm. day. We go through the same thing. But it's it's a must for us to always have that instinctual uh, instinctual know uh, of what to do mm-hmm. a woman they will have their instinct as well but they will end up knocking themselves down because at the same time with everything they've been through with their feelings and everything mm-hmm. so it's like you can't do that but most of the 99% of the time you have that man who will be on the back end right there it's like I know exactly what to do mm-hmm. that's, that's what they want that's it man without a plan is a dead man in the room but yep. alright it's about that time for that topic <laughs> What is the one thing your male figures have taught you about women and, and dealing with women? <laughs> Honestly, nothing. Yeah, I'm trying to think too, to be that, honest. Nothing? I don't, I don't, this, the stuff that I've seen growing up from women to fathers to uncles, I have not been. I, I love my parents and they've been together for 28 years but mm-hmm. just to be transparent stuff that I see in my household I ain't trying to I ain't trying to have that scene in my household Man. and it's like what I did take from it though out of all of the negative stuff mm-hmm. my parents stuck it out mm-hmm. through thick and thin I will say that and was now it huh? was it for the kids? Nah, my dad don't give a damn about us. Like, he do, but like, if my if my dad wanted to leave, he's leaving. Yeah. Like, but I think my mom does everything, and that's why my standards were so high for women. Mm-hmm. Because my mom comes, she lost her mother when she was two months. She hurt one of her brothers got shot in the head three times. Like one mm-hmm. of them lost lost his life to a heart attack, and I just lost my auntie Sharon. So she's had a rough life and lost her father as well when I was like one so mm. they've always been on welfare they've always never had nothing so my mom had she was the youngest of six and she always had to train herself to get out of bad relationships this and this and even though she, her and my dad went at it whatever she she went back to college my dad made her go back to get her bachelor's degree mm. she ended up getting an account manager position um she cooks she makes sure her husband was taken care of with a plate on the table every day make sure his water make sure my plate was made make sure take away then she eats then she takes all our plates clean it clean up the kitchen do this shower get in the bed do it for 365 days make sure I'm getting to school so it was hard for me to see if a woman be like well what do you want me to do well shh don't ask me what I, I, I'm gonna ask you to give me the world like my mom gave me the world so for me it was it was hard for me, so it mm. I I didn't really take nothing from it. I took from seeing what my mama did and I said that's what I want out of a woman and what my pops didn't do for my mom, 
I did the opposite and gave it to a woman. And I got my flaws. And that's why I said the more and more I grow up, I see I'm more like my father more than ever. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I don't fault him because at the end of the day, you're a man. Mm-hmm. And it's like you had your flaws, you had your positives. So it's like I just learned to not judge my dad for what he messed up in his relationship because I've been in a six-year relationship before my relationship now. And I messed that one up. Mm-hmm. So it was like, if I was to sit here and say, say you had a kid in your last relationship, and then he looked at you and was like, you were wrong. But you like, I just had to live and I had to learn. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, I hate, I hate that. And I was like, okay, it could be looked at the same way. So it was like, I didn't learn nothing from him. Maybe y'all can give a different. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> yeah, I didn't learn much either. To be honest, it was. It was a lot of the arguing and dysfunction in the family a lot of times. Like um, like you said, like how your mom and everything cooked and everything mm-hmm. like that as well. My mom did the same thing, cooked for everybody, had bad food for like about, that lasts about like maybe two weeks or a week at the same time. Yeah. And like, and that was amazing. And that's what I definitely wanted, a woman who can definitely take care of things around the house and everything. And then mind you, with the whole cleaning and stuff, yeah, she made us do all that stuff. Yeah. But that's understandable because she did a lot as it yeah, is yeah. already taking care of us and everything. Now my dad, at the same time, he did he did take care of us in, in that same aspect. But teaching me about the woman, I didn't hear too much. Like, yeah. I can't. I can't think of what he told me at the same time. Right. I can think of everything else he can tell me, but about a woman, it's just like, is she good? Okay, that's it. I, I don't. I didn't. I don't remember anything else to be honest. So didn't really have a lesson being taught to me for that. <laughs> Maybe you get a light real something different. Yeah, you can get a light to this one, good. <laughs> All right, so. It's two male figures, but I'll go with my dad first. My dad and my mom's relationship, their marriage, I would say, it's, it's, I saw what honest, what loyalty and dedication looks like in a marriage, right? So from my mom's aspect, I'll start with her first, even though this is a, de- a male episode. My mom, when, when you talk about having a loyal wife and a loyal, dutiful wife, it, it goes more than just cooking and cleaning, right? When I was butting heads with my dad and it got bad, I go to my mom. I was I'm, I'm a mama's boy, right? So I go to man, man, he's tripping, man. He's doing this. He's young, yada, yada, yada. and my mom was like, "Nah, he's doing the right thing. He's doing the right thing." So she would never take my side to be like, "Yeah, he's wrong." She'd always be like, "Nah, your dad is doing the right thing," and it would annoy me sometimes. I'd be like, "Bro, why are you always taking his side?" Little did I know that was the exact thing to do because if she had let me even get in the habit of, oh, yeah, you're wrong and my mom agrees with you, then I would have lost our respect. So it's that idea of having a wife and having a partner that is like, look, no, we are in this together. We're all going to be on the same page, even if they didn't agree because they and they would never let us see them have an open disagreement. Like I've I've only seen them. One time, I'm lying. One time, I saw them. That's still great. Like, still like where it was like I couldn't not see it. Everything else would be like she'd be like, oh, "Come on, let's calm down." And then like he'd be like, "No, I'm gonna do this." And then she'd let him get his piece out. And then they would probably go like talk about it in the room, right? But the net, but the whole thing was she would never try to challenge his authority in front of us. She never tried to challenge him. She never tried to tell him, "Oh, that's wrong." She let him. Do what he needed to do, and then they would probably, probably ask it out when y'all sleep or something. Mm-hmm. And that's why I told one of them things. That's right? why I told Kat that I wanted to do. Like if if we, I admire that so much. If we if yeah. we have kids and 
if because my brother got into it with his my sister law saying like we should never go at it in front of the kids because they're gonna do exactly what you said yeah. and I, that's that's beautiful and so and so it goes to like when you, when you talk about loyalty like it, it it's not just loyalty from not cheating and not committing adultery it's also loyalty from like hey i'm gonna have your back in front of the children or if anything tries to get in here it tries to deter the family now nah, we all gonna be on the same lock and key right so the point of it all i think is just a matter of being dedicated to raising the family this is why like me and Lon, like when we talk about marriage and all that all the time I'm like it's about the family first family first family first and that means that you have to make sure that you let the husband lead if that's the role he has hashed out and in letting him lead you gotta follow it doesn't mean that you're less than it doesn't mean that you're beneath it just means that hey he's the head you gotta listen to his direction we all follow him because at the end of the day you trust him you trust him to be a husband and a dad and that's what it is in terms of my parents marriage right and then just for my dad i mean as i got older and i started talking on him right it was like okay i see where you're coming from i see where all your mindset is um he had he had his, he had his father he had a mom and he had a stepmom and i think him having that stepmom was what kind of opened his mind up to like the world being a little different because like his siblings from his stepmom side is not the same with his direct siblings like all his direct siblings we all have a relationship with we're all close with family the other side not the case so i think for him he he was able to see the, that dichotomy of like okay look at the end of the day you want to make sure that as a man you have you just tell me you have to have empathy you have respect you enable and empower your woman to do the right thing and to you know if she wants to take on a career you try to do everything you can to provide that for because at the end of the day it'll help you guys all be better at it so it's just understanding that and then some the principles in terms of interact with women that I embody is like respect yourself, respect your peace. Like those are all things I say to I say them to y'all, I say them to youngsters, I say it to every time. It's like you gotta remember to always respect yourself. At the end of the day you're gonna respect a woman's decision. You know, even if that means that you guys aren't gonna date, you guys aren't gonna be together, at the end of the day you're okay with that. Yeah. And it's like it's so when when people look at me and my demeanor, it's like, man, this dude just don't care. It's like, nah, I don't it's not that I don't is I understand that I'm not gonna be everybody's cup of tea, but you gotta be okay with that. You can't say, oh man, that person don't like me, that person not rocking me. Nah, it just is what it is, it's good to the people in this world. So it's always doing that, standing on 10, standing on what you believe in, and make sure that you are trying to leave the world in a better place, leaving people in a better place than what you were. So I'd say I, those were the main things I took with my parents' marriage, you know. Um, then I guess a lighter mood story, I have, uh, this comes from Coach Kovo, one of my mentors. He probably, I wanna be curious if he remembers this one, but um, basically this was the idea of closed mouth don't get fed. So again, being African, yeah, your parents really don't let you date like that. Like you, you come home at 15, 16 years old talking about you got a girlfriend, your mom gonna look at you upside the head like, no you don't. Mm-hmm. Like it's gonna be that type of thing, right? So in terms of like dating and women and interaction I was always a little bit more mild mannered I was a little introvert already and then not having that practice when you're younger like when you're 12 13 right you have to figure it out as you go so then it came time I was a sophomore I think and homecoming's popping around and everybody's asking getting dates and yada 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 so then my teammates were all sitting back in the D room in the defensive locker room they're like yo my 
you going with somebody? I'm like, you know, I'm trying to play cool. I'm like, yeah, you know, maybe, yeah, we'll, we'll see. And then uh, my coach sees me talking to one person. He's like, hey, man, I see the way you look at her. She really look for you. I was like, noted, right? So then he's like, are you going to ask her? So I was thinking about it. This is your challenge. You got to get out your zone and you got to ask her. Cool. All right. So then, do a coach. Huh? I can't do it, coach. <laughs> it, was a, it was a challenge of getting that confidence. I understand what he was doing. Like, first of all, that made me respect him because mm-hmm. it wasn't just about him coaching and teaching me football. He was trying to teach me the game of life. Life. Right? And that's what it is. He was trying to teach me the game of life and apply life to sports and everything else. Right? So, remember, I was like, all right, I'm going to do this. Right? Went and got her song, got a little cute little proposal going. So then that next day at practice, he comes up to the side of me and he's like, hey, so what are you going to do tomorrow? I'm sitting back, I'm trying to, <sighs> I'm going to ask her, I'm coming. That's right, you are. Make sure to be a gentleman. At the end of the day, just be confident, believe in yourself, and close my mouth, don't get fed. I like, yes, sir. He's like, now you understand, if you come to practice and you didn't do it, kicking your ass. I like, yes, sir. So, boom, get there the next day, you know, and, I, and my dad sees yeah, the little thing going, because I ain't have that relationship where we talk about females at the time. Mm-hmm. She's there, he's like, hey, what you doing? I was like, I'm going to ask a, a girl to homecoming. He's like, well, be confident, good luck on your proposal, and, you know, have a good day. So I was like, the fuck? Like, <laughs> you don't have that relationship, but I'm like, I appreciate it, <laughs> you know, so, uh, awesome. that, Come around, ask ask her. She says yes. So she says yes. I'm, I hit that. I hit that quiet love after she leave, and then I told him, like, yeah, so it worked. So that story is a representation of having positive male role models. That that little thing of hey, you got to build confidence, and you can't be afraid. You can't be afraid of failure. It's important, mm-hmm. right? And that's something that's being reinforced. You know, maybe dad didn't have that relationship, or I didn't have that relationship with him, but and that male figure that was like, look, I'm trying to make sure that you're a better human being. And part of it is, you know, getting over fear of rejection, fear of failure, fear of anxiety, whatever that case is. Yeah. So I always remember that story, not just because it was about me talking to a girl. It's nice about me being able to overcome fear because someone pushed me better. Just having confidence, period, at the same time. And I, and, I, and I fall back on that today, like, you know, hey, close my don't get fed. You always are better off asking and getting rejected and dealing with that than being and living with that, man, what if, man, I should have talked to her, man, I should have talked to her. That's why this fragrance stuff is really smart. Now I'm like, I'm my element now. I just do this shit like it's second nature. So all that, all that comes from OGs, Instead of me getting me out of my comfort zone, cause I could, I could to this day still be like, man, I'm an introvert, man. I don't really talk to people like that, right? As much as I am, and as much as I still have a lot of those tendencies, I had to get better at it and had to face that, you know. And now I'm better for it. So that's the only thing I I recall from that experience is just making sure old day, cold and pops and all them taught you just hey, always believe in yourself and yeah. just take on good faith. Anyway, that is that's a good that's a good final subject, a good final topic. Good episode, fellas. You know, I feel like we touched on a lot, talked about a lot. Uh, 
Yeah, all of us, man. <laughs> push the comfort zone, push the limits, but... Talking about male figures like that, it does bring the audience at the same time. does. I mean, because it, it takes you looking in the mirror, um, kind of reflecting the past, and then how you are in the present, looking at how you want to be in the future. It kind of brings life full circle. And I think you know, this is the part about talking about therapy and stuff. Like, guys don't want to have these conversations. Really being able to look at the past, look at, man, do I still harbor resentment? Do I still have I forgiven? You know, mm -hmm. I think that's one thing, like, for me, youngsters, man, forgive your fathers, man, or forgive anybody. Forgive your fathers, forgive your parents, because they ended up, like, they raised you, they just did the best they could. They didn't have all the answers, you're not gonna have all the answers. So you gotta forgive them and just keep moving, you know what I'm saying? For your sake, not for theirs, but for your sake, you know what I'm saying, as a human being. That's true. Um, and I think that's that's kind of the whole take home from this is just to make sure that people are able to be better from whatever their experiences, whatever your past told you, it's not true the present. It doesn't have to be what your future is for me. That was it. Um, double back off what Obi said, just do it for you. Like, that's kind of what I, I dealt with. I was like, if you're going to grow up, you can have resentment, you can have anger towards your parents, you can do all that but at the end of the day you gotta you gotta let it go at some point so i think the true healing process on anything is you gotta let it hit you yep and if you don't let it hit you and never thrive and elevate from it and say this is what i've learned from it and what a lot of people don't say is your parents did the best they that they could do yes and a lot of people want to want their parents to be superman but it's like there's no superman unless like you just say, look at how you came. Like, my pops put me through college. Like, regardless of what he did that I seen, he did. He, he spent over $100,000 to get me through college. So, if anything, I respect you for that. So, that's kind of how I, how I looked at it. So, I looked at it at the end of the day, pretty much the same thing. They did what they could at the same time, and I respect them for it. And most definitely, like I say for sure, if you if you want to look for a positive role model, male role model, look for their pot. Like if they have positive morals, and then also like you know what are they teaching you? Is it is it helping you build yourself up in confidence? Is it helping, is it helping you build yourself up in like you know talking to people, period, or just getting yourself out of your shell, being uncomfortable, being out of your shell? So if if that's happening, have that person to um, like keep talking to that person. Keep that person around you, like all, like you know, really have that good, deep conversations with them, because they can always teach you some little nugget that you never knew, and you'll keep that quote in the back of your mind a, a lot of uh, a lot of times, and that right there can be a game changer for you by the end of the day. Shit, man, that's a word. Hey, that'll do it for this week. Again, follow the YouTube, subscribe. Turn on your post notifications so you can catch all these gems when they drop, man. You know, we're just trying to do the right thing and trying to lead the world in a better place than we find it. Follow us on Instagram, obi.mike56. You can also follow the Molit Perfumes, fragrance, and tap in, get you some Molit in your life. Follow the podcast <laughs> on Instagram. Follow the fellas, follow the family. Hit us with your topics, your questions. We'll make sure to get them done for you. Fellas, y'all got anything else? No, no, my. Nah, I'm just, you know, follow the page, LaShawn.116, and then follow the Molded Perfumes, bro. Gotta get that smell good. I'm telling you, it smells too good. That was a good one. That was a good one. Good. 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 Loving it.
You can catch this episode on all your listening platforms as well as YouTube and as Spotify for podcast platform. See y'all next week. Feet on the ground with a proof you wrong mindset. I'd rather go out on my sword to have my mind tap. The ones with eyes can never see, I make the blind clap. I'm bringing back that type of sound that wants to find rap. Divine rap, homie. Yeah.